Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar with your hosts myself Rory Petrie and of course Mark Broadhurst in Nuremberg. Um, yeah welcome back everyone, uh, welcome back to the Bundesliga show. Uh, we're very excited that we've got a guest back on the Bundesliga show this week which will help uh, drag us through what has been uh, more of a quieter weekend in the Bundesliga so we've uh, got you guys a guest to, to add to the flavour of the show this week so yeah we're looking forward to that uh, so before we get our um, our Schalke fan Greg Devine on and uh, we get into our featured four games and talk a little bit about Schalke and, and all the rest of the games we'll do our Mark's Mystery Anagram as per usual and we'll quickly run through the results of this weekend as well but first Mark let's go through those anagrams yeah, absolutely. So let's have a recap. Let's start by recapping last week's anagram, which, as you can see on the bottom of the screen, was a brief rug. So, yeah, so um, we did. We were lucky enough to have another commenter who got it correct uh, this week. Yeah, And as you can see, the correct answer on the bottom of your screens was the Bundesliga High Flyers Freiburg, who before this week had been on a really, really good run of five wins in a row. But obviously that week did stop. That run did stop this week, which we'll talk about a little bit more later. So, yeah, I just want to um, congratulate at the bottom of your screen. You can see Sprechensi Fußball. I want to thank you for, first of all, for commenting on our channel. We always like people to comment and get in touch with us. You are a new commenter and it's the first time you got the, the correct answer on our anagram. So thank you very much for that and congratulations. Perhaps not our hardest one this week. So yeah, next week's is good. This week's going to be harder. So yeah, let's see if you can get it again this week and let's hope uh, we can get a lot more comments on that topic. So, yeah, so let's have a little look again at this week, week 16's uh, Mark's Mystery Anagram. So as you can see at the bottom of your screen now, it's it's three words this week. It is wheat, them, pop. So that's three words. So remember, guys, it has to be something related to the Bundesliga, the top tier of the Bundesliga. And it has to be a, a club like it was last week. It has to be a player or it has to be a coach slash manager, whatever you want to call them these days. So, yeah, if, you, if you're listening on our podcast, if you're listening on our uh, Spotify or on our um, any of our uh, providers for that, then just take a pen now. I'm going to read it to you uh, slower so you can uh, write it down. So the first word is wheat. That's W-H-E-A-T. The second word is them, T-H-E-M. Then the final word is pop, P-O-P. So good luck for that. Remember to comment um, as much as you can, even if you have no idea of the answer and it's just a wild guess, then we're still happy to see you comment and we want to have as much interaction as possible with you guys. And yeah, don't be afraid to do that and remember to interact with us as much as possible. We, we like to get in touch with other guys who have similar interests to us, uh, in particular the Bundesliga. So it's absolutely perfect for you to do so. So let's... Um, yeah, so that brings an end to Mark's Mystery Anagram for week 16. So let's swiftly move on now to the results 
of week 16. It perhaps wasn't the most entertaining week you're ever going to see in the Bundesliga with a, a massive five draws out of nine games. So if any of you guys like betting on draws, then this week was your week, I think. With a lot of, probably a lot of games that you would have predicted to finish draws did finish draws this week as well. So yeah, so let's have a little look at the results. On Friday night, we had another win for Union Berlin against fast-faltering Leverkusen, a 1-0 win there. Then we had a, well, let's be honest, it was a bore draw between FC Cologne and Hertha Berlin, two underperforming teams really in the Bundesliga this year. Then we had, yeah, we had a shock draw for Dortmund at home against beleaguered Mainz, who were leading until quite late on in that game as well. So, yeah, I mean, that was a massive shock, of the, the shock of the weekend, I think. Then we had another, well, I think this game was even more boring than the other one. This was a nil-nil draw between Hoffenheim and Bielefeld, but it's another good result for Bielefeld. They keep on picking up points, and somehow Sebastian Hernes keeps avoiding the chop, doesn't he? And yeah, uh, Werder Bremen collecting a pretty rare 2-0 win over Augsburg, who are now starting to falter a little bit. An entertaining 2-0 draw between Wolfsburg and Leipzig, who dropped more points. An even more entertaining 2-0 draw between uh, entertainment specialists uh, Stuttgart and Gladbach. Finishing two all as well. Then moving on to the Sunday games, we had a, a tight game, which once again, we always know what happens with these tight games. Bayern managed to come through. And once again, it happened with a pretty late goal there and a 2-1 win over on form Freiburg. And then the final game of the weekend, which leads us perfectly into our guest introduction, was, well, it was another defeat for Schalke. We were saying that maybe they would pick up on their first win in almost a year last week, but it wasn't to be with Frankfurt comfortably winning 3-1 over the Gelsenkirchen side. So over to Rory to introduce our guest for week 16. Yeah, let's get straight into it. Um, so this week, we're very happy and glad to be joined by Greg Devine. Uh, so Greg uh, runs a Twitter page for his beloved Schalke, which is um, the username is uh, at SO4UK, or you can find him by typing in Schalke underscore UK. Um, so Greg is obviously a devout Schalke fan. Um, his Twitter um, page is very close to 2,000 followers, so please do uh, go drop him a follow if you're on Twitter and you want to uh, keep in touch of what Greg thinks of all of Schalke's ongoing trials and tribulations. Uh, but without further ado, let's get Greg in now. Hello, Greg. Hey, how are you doing? Evening, Hello. Greg. How's it going? Hi. Hi. I've had better yeah. Sundays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, of course, yeah. it's going to get better from now on in. Yeah, well, absolutely. You, know, you, you can kind of air, you can vent a little bit of your frustration for the performance uh, on today's show. So it's the perfect timing <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, 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 I shoot from the hip when it comes to Schalke. So uh, I won't do that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think it's the best way this season, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. So let, without further ado, let's make a start on the over the bars featured for where we collect together the the four best games or the four most uh, entertaining games of the week. So let's. Uh, there's no better place to start with Greg's introduction uh, than the what we consider to be the game of the week, really, which was a Frankfurt home win 
over Schalke, yeah. I mean, obviously, last week we talked a lot, the 4-0 win over Hoffenheim, the 4-0 destruction of Hoffenheim, really. We, we wondered whether this could be the start, this could be the trigger of a Schalke resurgence. But I think based on today's performance, I think I can see you laughing there, Greg. Yeah, you don't seem convinced at all, really. Yeah. What did you make of it today? You know, you, you know what? It was kind of what I expected. Um, I've been a Schalke fan long enough to know that the good times don't generally last that long, and there's always a <laughs> well, there's always a bump on the road just shortly around the corner. And today, uh, I mean, I think I tweeted within the first two minutes. This is scary already. Um, <laughs> we kind of set ourselves up today to be torn apart. Um, we had nothing in midfield. Uh, Frankfurt, ex well, Frankfurt are. Uh, a quick, fast-paced team that moved the ball around very well. Yeah. And when you've got Stambouli in, your, in central, central midfield and Serdar, who's, in my opinion, a, a better attacking midfielder than holding uh, midfielder, it, it, we made it very, very easy for them. And it, it was no surprise when when Frankfurt went a goal up. Um, it could have come before then, but Varman in goal um, played very well today. And... <laughs> You know, when we equalised straight after, it would come by a Frankfurt error. It was a good finish by Hoppy. Of course, it's a good finish. But there was only going to be one winner today. And we we had very little in midfield. And when the ball did get into the opponent's half, we were very, very poor with, with our decisions. We tend to run into blind alleys, uh, try and play the impossible ball. And I, I don't know what our pass percentage ratio was today, but I expect it to be very, very low because I think both the second and the third goal for Frankfurt came about from us losing losing possession in the Frankfurt um, defensive areas when we was on the on the counter. They counted us um, and they cut through us like a hot knife through butter. To excuse a bit of a cheesy bun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously you watch a lot of Schalke games. You, I would imagine you watch every game through and through. Would you say this performance was typical of Schalke's season or did you see any kind of maybe improvement? Or Because obviously, I mean, you've taken some batterings this season, let's be honest, specifically away from home. I mean, I'm sure you don't want me to remind you, but the, the Bayern game, let, let's stop at that. Yeah, let's stop at that. But yeah, would you say this has been a typical away performance from Schalke this season? No, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say it's a typical performance um don't get me wrong if farman hadn't made those saves then it could this could have been a four or five one today which probably would then change my opinion now but there does seem to be a bit more of a team spirit than there was there seems does seem to be a bit more a bit more of a realization that we are in a in, in a really tough position and it's down to the players to try and get us out of that now obviously Ability is also very, very important, and it's obvious that we lack that in some key areas. But I, I do believe, certainly since Christmas, there is more of, um, I think there's more of a, uh, I think there's more belief in the team that we that that we can get out of this, albeit it's going to be a very, very difficult task. And I, I can, I can, I can see it going down to the last game of the season, which I think is either Billerfield away or Cologne away. Interesting stuff. I think um, what you picked up on there, Greg, obviously since yeah, maybe since Christmas, we've seen a bit more of a a bit more of desire and maybe a shape to Schalke. Uh, obviously, you mentioned already the midfield perhaps being a bit of a worry. Um, I just want to 
ask you on 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 two players really that that we've seen, especially last week in terms of the Hoffenheim result. Obviously, Matthew Hopp and uh, Said Kalasinac coming back to the club. Um, certainly, with with Kalasinac, we we've seen him play in the in the Premier League. We kind of know what he's about. Um, I think we chatted about it last week, Mark, and he had a decent yeah. start to his life in 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 Arsenal colours, but then kind of faded. Um, so one part of my question to you, Greg, is do you think Kalasinac can have a, a an inspiring kind of figurehead sort of, and obviously his qualities are, are obvious and he's now been given the captain's armband. So can he, you know, rally the troops, so to speak? And then the second part of it will be about Matthew Hopp. Obviously, he seems to have scored goals at, at all the age groups through Schalke. Uh, and now, obviously, seems to have an eye for goal. His goal today was very opportunistic, I thought. Showed good pace to get around his last man as well. Um, so, yeah, do you have high hopes for, for Matthew Hopp as well? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Klas, Klasenek. I think, you know, before he went to Arsenal, he was a sort of player that would kind of put his body on the line. And I think that's something that's been missing for Schalke for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and I think at Schalke, you have to be realistic about the calibre player you have. You know, we never. It's, it's unlikely we're going to have world beaters, and when we do get them, we sell them pretty quickly, and for not a lot. Uh, but when we do get someone who wants who who wants to make the effort and is prepared to get stuck in, like Krasnick, I think it makes him quite an endearing character. Um, and yeah, I certainly welcome him back to, to to Schalke. He had a you know last week's game. It was obviously impact he had. It, it almost is almost like the players around him green confidence by having him in the team. Today he was. Today he kind of showed some of his Arsenal form. Yeah. Today wasn't wasn't his best game, and he was he was quite sloppy at times. Um, I don't think he he will ever be classed as a as a world class fullback. But what he is good at <laughs> is uh, is transitioning from defence into attack, and certainly during his first stint at Schalke, he he you know he, he you know he was the catalyst for a lot of Schalke opportunities and. I thoroughly expect the same, and I think um, I think I'd like to hope we've seen kind of like the worst of what he can do today, and from now on, it it, it, will, it will improve. Yeah, yeah. But certainly, Schalke are a better team with him in it, and I'd be. I also think he probably could play a role in central derm in like a holding holding midfield type role, or even further forward as a as more of a wing back, depending on what formation we play. Obviously, at four two three one. Wing back isn't really as relevant, but yeah, he, we are a better t- better team for having him in the squad. And then with regards to, to Matthew Hopp, did, did you know much about him before he came into the first team in and around November time? I think it was. Well, I've got to admit, uh, last last Saturday against Hoffenheim, I was halfway through a bit of a rant on Twitter about why is he playing over <laughs> and literally just as I was about to press the tweet button he scored his goal with an absolute sublime finish so fortunately I, I didn't send that, that tweet <laughs> I think I liked about his last his three goals last week in particular they were very clinical yeah and and the sort of goals you'd expect um, a more seasoned striker to have scored um all three goals were taken in different ways and showed different aspects to his game. So, yeah, that, it, it's certainly exciting that we have a player of that ability at that age who can score those sort of finishes. I think um, 
it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward, whether if we do bring back Kunsala, whether he goes back onto the bench or whether we go up to two up front. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, four goals in two games, that's, that is almost like uh, open up open top bus through Gelson Kirshen's sort of sort of scenes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean it's it's as good as it gets really at the moment for a Schalke fan. Yeah. I mean obviously uh looking forward to uh midweek, obviously I mean that's the definition of a six pointer really, isn't it? I mean it's Schalke versus FC Cologne. As a Schalke fan, do, do you feel as though that's a must win really for your club? One hundred percent. Um this 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 is a game like, I don't care how we do it, how dirty and filthy it is, whether it comes off of uh, Nastasic's elbow and goes in the back of that, I really don't care. Everything's fair game. We just simply have to win that game. Gate, you know, I know we're roughly halfway through the season, but we've got, to, we've got to take advantage of games against those who are around us and those who are down the bottom and when we're at home because it won't be that long until we start playing teams like Bayern and... and uh, that yellow team and Leipzig again. So it's important that we do beat the teams that are around us. And uh, yeah, I, I think Wednesday's game will go a long way to sealing our fate, even though we are so far off. Um, I think after the winning at Hoffenheim and the, and the results and performance today, it's really, really important that we hit the ground running again on Wednesday and beat Cologne. Yeah, agreed. I think I've got just a few more questions for yourself, Greg, with regards to Schalke anyway. First one Who's is... Why basically we we me and Mark have tried to we've banged our heads together a little bit with regards to how Schalke can turn things around this season. Um obviously from a you know a fully fledged Schalke fan, what do you think they need to do to, to obviously ultimately try and turn things around? Is it a case mm -hmm. of formation? Is it I mean obviously you've already mentioned player quality, it's hard when you don't have the quality. So any uh, any bright ideas? I think we made a start in having um, a, a, a relatively decent keeper in Farman. So I, I think the keeper sets the tone for the 10 players in front of him. And I think Farman has shown his qualities in recent games. Um, I think it's really important that we get Sané back in defence. The Stasic and Kabak, I don't think, seem gel. Mm -hmm. uh, I think from a left-back perspective, Kalasanak is um, a decent option for us and is certainly better than our speaker. Um, the right-back position is is pretty weak we had becker a, a young lad we played today um and we've had ludwig um, in previous weeks but I, i'd have thought quite a fair few goals that we conceded this season have come from that position they're talking about, about bringing rafinha um an ex-shocker player who went to Bayern munich is coming to olympiakos him coming back uh, but i think he's about 35 years old now so uh, that definitely would be a short-term measure <laughs> I, I i think we struggle to keep clean sheets and we struggle to we struggle to score goals. And if you put both of those together, that only equals one thing, and that's struggle and defeat. So we need to be a lot more a lot more stable, a lot more um, stronger in defence, uh, and we need more better support from central midfield. And when we do get the ball moving forward into attack, the likes of Oof, uh, Roman and Harrit, they've got to step up. Yeah. I mean, Harriet on his day can be fantastic like he was last week against Hoffenheim. But today is the Harriet that I kind of know. And that is lazy, doesn't care, and just becomes a passenger for the game. And it's almost like he hasn't, he, he kind of lacks a bit of motivation, I think, at times. And I think he probably does need a, 
a clip around the year, uh, potentially to get him in focused again. But we've got players who should be able to create chances. I think Hoppy has shown that he can score. Hunslar, okay, he's not been the same player that uh, that um, we had uh, three or four years back. It might be longer than that, but he still knows he knows where the goal is, and he's a good target man. But that's only that's only well and good having such a a target man, such a clinical striker, if you've got the ability in attack to create chances, and that what make, that's what makes me a little bit nervous. So we just got to be a whole lot better, a whole lot more um, efficient, and a whole lot more uh, adaptable in attack to create chances. Because if you don't create chances, you might as well mess you up top, and you still won't score. <laughs> and uh, final one for me, then, Greg. Um, what I mean, obviously, we know that you're obviously a Schalke fan based in the UK. But so, what what basically brought you to to be a Schalke fan, just out of interest? Yeah, it's purely by chance. Uh, so I went on a stag do to Cologne, great city, um, and the best man organised um, tickets for a football game for Schalke versus Hertha Berlin. And the Cologne to Gelsenkirchen is a long way, a very, very long way. Um, it, is, it is when you're, you know, would prefer to be in, in town partying. But we went to the game and it was an experience that kind of completely changed my views on what football should be like. And walking into the stadium, pat on a, it was sixty thousand on a Friday night on a terrace, with an amazing atmosphere in terms of both the, the noise and the visual of it all, being welcomed onto the terrace. You know, nine English guys going onto a German terrace. It, you, 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 can, you can make an assumption that it could be a bit uh, vociferous and unfriendly, but it wasn't. People were buying us beers, and I think they were kind of like surprised to see some English guys um, at the game on a terrace. But the football wasn't great, but as the atmosphere and the camaraderie um, and the down-to-earth nature of the fans in the area, that I think really turned my head. And from then onwards, uh, I kind of stayed in touch and I've gone back as much as I physically can. I'm, I, I helped set up the Schalke Fan Club in the UK um, and I've had some really good times, you know, overseas um, in Europe, some great trips some really good trips as well across the Bundesliga. And I was lucky enough to be in Berlin for the Pokal win as well, where we won a cup against Duisburg a fair few years back. And that was an amazing experience. So watching Schalke is not easy. It really isn't easy. And it's a roller coaster. It's emotional and it's challenging. And if you've got bad health, I do not recommend it. If you, if you, if you want to follow a German team just for success, there are other teams out there for you, but if you want to support a team that kind of lives and dies by the results and the fans are kind of an intrinsic part of the club, then Schalke is, is a good place to start. Brilliant. Good stuff, You need thick skin. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with uh, what you say about the fans. I'm a Nuremberg fan, um, Greg, and like I yeah. think we actually have a friendship with you, Nuremberg and uh, Schalke. We have a friendship. That's yeah. true. And I was I was lucky enough to be at the game last time Nuremberg were in the the Bundesliga. I think two years ago now. I went to the game Nuremberg v Schalke, and it was like I think it was the best atmosphere of any football match I've ever been to in my life. And I've seen football matches in like a lot of countries. And I think yeah. it was just, it was something like I've never seen before. Like they were singing the, they had like a banner with both clubs and uh, it was just amazing really. And like, I've never seen like a friendship between clubs before really. But I think yeah. like the atmosphere was like second to none, to be honest with you. Yeah, atmosphere is key. And I think um, certainly 
someone who's relatively new into German football and that I've been watching Schalke for just over 10 years. The fan friendship thing is kind of strange for a lot of English people, mm. uh, but it, it is the norm in Europe. And um, the thing I like about the Schalke Nuremberg thing is, is there's no, they're miles apart. So none of this Dortmund silly thing with Cologne, we're just in the corner being, being best friends, which is kind of bizarre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it is good that there's a friendship with a recognised traditional club in the south of Germany. Yeah, yeah, and the cultures are completely different in the two cities as well. Like even with the people, you know. But it's uh, it's a fantastic uh, thing. This friendship. I, I totally agree. When I first heard about it, when people told me, I was like, "What a friendship between football clubs! Like, how's that possible?" But yeah, I mean, it was really something. It was a, a really incredible experience, and like all the fans were just like drinking together after the game, and like everyone was talking to each other. It was amazing, to be honest. I should I should add, you know, I've probably been to the best part of best part of sixty Bundesliga games, I'd say, and the vast majority of the times, you know, before the game and after the game, fans are drinking together. Yeah, get the occasional idiots, but you know, I think of a few years back when we played um, the yellow team in in, in Schalke and and we won, uh, which is, which is always nice. And I was drinking in one of the supporters' club bars, and after the game, a couple of uh, Dortmund fans came in, and there was banter, but it it was it was friendly, and it had a laugh, and that's probably how it, how it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree more there, uh, Greg. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so let, let's swiftly move on to the, the next feature game now, which was uh, what I thought was quite an entertaining draw between uh, Stuttgart and Borussia Mönchengladbach. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we've myself and Rory have really enjoyed watching both of these teams this season. I mean, both of them play really entertaining, attacking football. Obviously, Gladbach without Marcus Turam at the minute and the out-of-form Alicien Plia as well. But did you catch that one, uh, Greg? Yeah, I watched a bit of it, and I think with Mushroom Gladbach, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get fast-paced attacking football, um, and I, I think with them, it's very much if you score two, we'll try and score three, which is kind of my kind of football. And it's quite refreshing, especially from a team that is challenging for the top, okay, for Europe in, in the Bundesliga. Stuttgart, for me, um, are, are, are a real surprise package. The calibre of their football is fantastic the way they play football and they, they play with no fear and i think it's a wonderful trait and uh yeah i i, I think the bundesliga needs a strong stuttgart their big city club yeah. the traditional club and i think the bundesliga can only can only be better for stuttgart um challenging for for, for the top of the table in europe but i saw parts of the game and it's consistent with the rest of the season they play football the right way and they try and score goals which for me is about what football should be about yeah, I completely agree. Me and Mark have had many discussions about how refreshing Stuttgart's been uh, to the Bundesliga this season. They they seem to have a quality in the fact that they they truly never know when they're beat. I think it was opening day of the season, they were 3-0 down after the first half and they still came back and, and made it, well, they still lost 3-2, but, you know, the story goes. But they, you know, they go into the last minute. I mean, obviously the penalty comes from a very daft bit of defending by Gladbach, the kind of manhandling of Kaladzic in the penalty area. I mean, that's just seems to be, um, well, typical of Gladbach's season so far that 
Whereas Stuttgart are probably the more pleased side to have got a draw. Gladbach are kind of finding ways to throw away wins to then draw games. Um, so, Greg, what, what do you think You know, Gladbach have done an amazing job of getting out of the Champions League group? Um, do you think Europe's been too much a distraction for them? Do you think their squad's a bit too too thin at the moment to you know, compete on two fronts? It's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, they've got some really good players in their team and I, I, I think uh, the style of pl- their style of football it, it requires a real clinical striker and when your mm. option is is brilliant Bolo which it was the other night I, I, I think he's not the same as Crossier's player for example or Taram mm. so I think I, I think don't get me wrong I'd walk over broken glass to Evan Bolo at Schalke because at least Mujic Gladbach have got options but <laughs> I, 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 I think for them, for them to them to achieve their goals, they they're going to need a real clinical striker, and as you say, cut out these silly errors in late games as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I myself have criticised Embolo uh, a little bit. I I would agree with you though on the point that like he's good backup. But he's not like a top level striker as far as I'm concerned. Like if you look at his record, he misses hatfuls of chances as well. Like, I mean, if you've seen some of the games in the last few weeks, like not so much the last two weeks, but he misses like a good two, three good chances a game really at times. And I just think, yeah, I mean, they they perhaps need someone a little bit more clinical in that position as backup, especially with player. I'm I'm a little bit surprised to see that he's not been starting recently because he is fit. He's just been benched recently. Any ideas there? What's going on? Why they're not starting him? No, 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 I don't know. But but they are in an enviable position if you are a Gladbach fan or you're a part of the coach that's set up at, at Gladbach because you've got you've got three strikers that most clubs in the Bundesliga would like to have one of at least in in their teams. Okay, not doesn't apply for the likes of Bayern um, and Dortmund, but the rest of the teams would would, would you know, most of those strikers would get be getting in the, the squad, shall we say, wherever. European challenging team in the Bundesliga so they do have riches compared to other clubs when it comes to attack yeah yeah absolutely yeah okay so let's swiftly move on to the third um, feature game this week which might surprise a few people that we put this one in there but we have been a little bit critical of Werder Bremen in recent weeks and their lack of attacking intent so they did get a rare win I think it's like the first there's only the second win in 12 games this one so I think it's only fair that we give them a bit of attention this week but yeah I mean obviously it was two late goals that, that did the business in the end but I think few people that watch the game would deny that it wasn't a deserved win really against an Augsburg side who are really starting to lack cutting edge after a strong start to the season um so uh Greg what do you think Verda should expect this season like obviously they only just avoided relegation last season do you think they're having a, a solid season or a little bit shaky at times it wasn't too long ago Verda were playing some amazing football in the Bundesliga we only got like a couple of seasons and I, I, I'm not close enough for them to know in terms of what really has changed uh, but I think you know it, in recent form, Werder Bremen um, and Augsburg were drifting towards the, the bottom end of the table. And I think if if I was a Werder Bremen fan, what I'd be looking for this season is, is, is mid-table to, to, just yeah. to consolidate and, and, and build from there. Um, the last thing the Bundesliga needs is someone like Werder Bremen in the same predicament as Schalke. Yeah. The Bundesliga needs 
big traditional clubs that's what it should be known as known for not necessarily shall we say some of the, the franchise clubs like rbl so it, it, I, 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 the, the table doesn't lie i think Werder bremen are where they are in the league for a reason and um yeah i, I don't i don't see them flirting with the relegation spots and i think they'll finish up where they are at the moment towards the end of the season yeah, I think I think Verda seem to be a very hot and cold team. Obviously, they they managed to turn turn on the business towards the latter half of last season to to get themselves just out of trouble. Obviously, they you know came through the relegation playoff matches two legs unconvincingly, but before then they clearly showed that they they are capable of beating teams. I think they put six past um, a team that I forget now at, at one stage, and they're playing some really good stuff. Bitten core was obviously key to that as well. He, of course, is key to them, but blows hot and cold. So you never really know like how uh, the particular way at the moment Verder are going to play. Um, so I, I think I agree with Greg there saying that consolidate with mid-table. If you can make sure that you're not realistically involved in a you know in a relegation battle that much, then as a Verder fan, I think you've got to be happy. And then Augsburg. For me, at the moment, they're a bit of a nothingy team. Um, they're, you know, they're they're solid enough, and they don't tend to ship too many goals. Um, but Greg, do you think again, like similar to Verde, do you reckon mid-table for Augsburg is about fair shout, and that's all they can be happy for? I, I think the Bundesliga and football fans need to celebrate Augsburg actually because they are they're they're not a club of immense resources. They don't necessarily play, play the best football, but neither do my club Schalke. But <laughs> but they grind out results. Yeah, okay, at the moment, they're just above the relegation spots. I don't expect them to be down there struggling at the end of the season. I I, I think they're, they're a credit to their, their, their city. And I, I, I think they're, they're also an example of a team that hasn't got a huge playing budget, but they make wise choices on who they sign. And um, I don't see Augsburg... Like Bremen, I don't see them struggling coming into the season. Yeah, I mean, obviously Augsburg's a club that's quite near to Nuremberg as well. And I know a lot of Nuremberg fans, they get very frustrated because uh, the club, they always say that they don't have the resources. But then then uh, Nuremberg fans, they say, well, look at a club like Augsburg, which is only like 50 miles down the road. I mean, they have similar level of resources and yet they always manage to like uh, consolidate themselves as a solid Bundesliga side. And I think, uh, as you say, a lot of the big clubs down in the second league, like your Hamburgs, your Nuremberg's, your uh, Bochum, even like they look at this and they think like, well, if Augsburg and Freiburg can do it, then why can't we? You know, so, yeah, I mean, they, they really do well to operate as such a because they really do operate on a minuscule budget, really, for a club that have been in the Bundesliga, I think, for like the last best part of 10 years now without being relegated. So, I mean, it's an outstanding run, really. They remind me a little bit of my club in England, Wigan Athletic. I mean, they punch way above the, le the level for 11 years in the Premier League. Sorry, for nine years in the Premier League. And I think Augsburg are a kind of similar club in many ways to Wigan, but without the cup win, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know what you're going to get when Augsburg turn up there. They're generally going to be organised. They are going to be... A little bit risk adverse. They're going to be direct, but you know what they're going to get, and and they, and they do it well. They play to their strengths, and they they don't try and pretend to be something that they're not. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, without doubt. Okay, so let's move on to our fourth and final OTB's featured four game, which was, of course, the game earlier this afternoon as well, which was a 2-1 win for Bayern over Freiburg. I think I, I really didn't fancy Bayern to win this game. I thought they were in a little bit of uh, turmoil. But yeah, I mean, whenever Bayern are in a bit of turmoil, they find the result, don't they, uh, Greg? And I mean, this probably wasn't a vintage performance against a really, really solid and uh, free-flowing Freiburg side, really. I mean, some of the football they've been playing recently is fantastic. Uh, Greg, do you think this is a big win for Bayern in terms of the title race? I think it's a game they had to win. Um, I really do. I think if you look at the results this weekend and what's gone in previous weeks, I, I, I think it was about winning at all costs. And I think whilst the scoreline doesn't suggest that Bayern were leaps and bounds better than Freiburg, they were actually pretty good, just didn't really take their chances. And I think, let's not disrespect to Freiburg because they they have been excellent this season as they were last season. They're not the biggest club, they're not most, uh, shall we say, well-known clubs or the club with the biggest budget. But again, a bit of Augsburg, but they, they, they play football a bit more, a bit more of a... A bit more ambitious, shall we say, in how, the, how they try to set up to win games, but they, they go out to win games. And I think Freiburg is another team that should be celebrated. Um, and, and they're you know, going to Bayern and losing 2-1, you know, for most clubs isn't a bad scoreline. But Bayern are, have been on the ropes for a few weeks now, so they probably do look back on that as a, as a missed opportunity. Um, but Bayern, I, I think, I, I don't know whether it's... I don't know if it's the same across all to the top flight in European League. So if I look at Bayern, if I look at Liverpool... Um, Man City, Barcelona, Real Madrid. It seems across Europe, all the top, top teams have let their standards drop. I don't know whether it's because their standards have dropped or everyone below has got slightly better. I don't know what it is, mm. but Bayern, on paper, they should be steamrolling every single team in the Bundesliga, but they're not, which suggests something isn't quite right, right in their team um, or something isn't quite right off the pitch. I don't know. Or whether teams know how to play against them, but, you know, I fully expect Bayern to be uh, the Bundesliga champion in the season as, as ever. But certainly, now, if, if, if you are a confident attacking team, now is a good time to be playing Bayern. Yeah, absolutely agreed uh, with you there, Greg. I think, again, something that me and Mark talked about a lot this season, that um, Bayern have been... You know, like they've been good. They, they've been good in certain games, but they've also been quite underwhelming at times as well, given the the levels of football that we've seen from them in previous seasons quite recently as well. Um, would you say it's a bit of a worry in terms of the title race this season and maybe going ahead, but the fact that Bayern haven't really got going into fourth or maybe even fifth gear and they still already have a four-point cushion at the top of the Bundesliga, the likes of RB and and the team in yellow, as you would refer to, and Leverkusen as well, who have dropped away. That I mean, that's just, is it a mental thing perhaps now? Because Bayern are, are looking quite ominous again. Well, this is nothing new. I think if there's having this conversation last season or season before, or season before that, we'd be having a similar conversation. And <laughs> Bayern are a machine. That their, their, their resources are, the resources that they have to, that are their, um that they have access to are far beyond any other club in the Bundesliga. So we shouldn't be surprised that they dominate. Um, all, all I would hope is that when the gap does close, it, it isn't because of uh, 
franchise ventures like what we have in Leipzig, it's on the back of teams with a long-term strategy and plan. You know, Dortmund got very, very close for a number of years and for a number of seasons, you know, they surpassed them. And, you know, that, that, that's great for the Bundesliga. Not great for a Schalke fan, but great for the Bundesliga. <laughs> but we, it, we, we've seen, you know, when push comes to shove and Bayern really, really need that win result, they find a way um, and they're used to winning. And, and that is a, and once, once you're used to winning, it's, it, that's, that's a trait to, that's a trait that's very, very hard, hard to, um, to lose. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I, I think I said a similar thing to Rory on Friday, on Saturday, actually, yeah, about how when, when push comes to shove in the Bundesliga, a lot of the big teams, they do kind of, I don't want to say bottle it as such, but they do, they tend to put back to back bad results. You know, I mean, we've seen it with Leipzig this week as well with the defeat against Dortmund last week. And then, I mean, they were a little bit unlucky this week, but you've got to be winning those games. You've got to be taking your chances and winning those games. And it's just, yeah. if you give Bayern the chance, they will take it and they're not going to mess around for too long, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, the last few weeks, you know, you know, if you look at what Leverkusen did at, or Leverkusen losing at, at Union, um, Dortmund uh, not beating Mainz, which which is bittersweet for me because I, I never want to see Dortmund win, but Mainz are above or, or below us, so it's like yeah. damn. <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't know. It, it it kind of it kind of feels that a lot of the clubs just don't have the know how how to maintain form and, and know how to grind results out when it really, really, really matters. And I think it certainly helps if you've got players like Lewandowski and your team on Muller because they've been there, done it, got the T-shirt and sold it a million times over. So no, no one else has got that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it's a little bit of tactical naivety as well at times. I think, as we mentioned, Bundesliga, a lot of the top teams in the Bundesliga, they do like to be kind of super attacking in some ways. And I think like if you look in other leagues, teams can kind of grind out a result, whereas I'm not convinced that teams like Dortmund, Leverkusen or Leipzig can really grind out wins. You know, they're not that kind of... We've seen it in, in some games a little bit with Leipzig this year, but when push comes to shove, they can't win ugly. You know, it's like, uh, and I just think that's a problem. Whereas Bayern do know how to win ugly, not necessarily ugly, but they don't have to play the best and they can win. Whereas the other teams, they have to play close to the best to win games against anyone. And that's the yeah, problem, really. I don't disagree with that. But what I think should also be considered is, you know, the teams we've spoken about there, when it comes to Europe and when it comes to playing teams in the Premiership, the Bundesliga teams generally fare pretty well yeah. against uh, the better teams in the Premiership. So it's almost as if that the uh, you know the likes of Leipzig going to games in Europe, thinking, "Well, we are the underdogs here, so we've got nothing to lose." Whereas in the Bundesliga, they are now known to be uh, yeah. uh, good quality players, play great football, and like to win. So it's almost like it's the pressure. They can't deal with expectation, whereas in Europe they can be, a, uh, they're going to it with more of a, you know, the great unknown and uh, the willingness to, uh, yeah. to shall we say, go down fighting. Absolutely agreed. Well, I think that brings a close then to our, our featured four section. Um, very briefly before we say goodbye to Greg again, if you don't already follow him on Twitter, please do so. His username is 
Schalke underscore UK, or if you type in SO for UK, you can find him there. So please do drop Greg a follow. Um, Greg, thank you. thank you very much for your time uh, today. It's been brilliant to have you on to chat. All things Schalke, you've been really insightful, actually, and been a brilliant guest. So thank you very much for your time, and hopefully we'll get you on again sometime hopefully soon. Hopefully on the back of a relegation relegation dogfight victory <laughs> <laughs> yeah i really it sounds good to be honest with you greg yeah i really hope i so, really yeah. don't fancy going to stand housing on a monday night next season i really don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 anyway thanks Top a lot man. greg it was it was a Thank pleasure you. yeah bye-bye bye-bye cheers greg Goodbye. Okay, so let's continue with our roundup of the other five games. Let's do it a little bit quickly because some of those games weren't the most entertaining of matches. But yeah, uh, Friday night, a 1-0 win for uh, Union over Leverkusen. I mean, this this was perhaps a bit of an underwhelming game, I thought, in some ways. But yeah, Christian Toykart, late goal after he earlier hit the post. I mean, it's one of those where they just seem to find a new hero every week, Rory, uh, Union. Yeah, they do, because especially because um, Union lost Becker uh, to injury early on. And obviously his replacement was Tukert, um, who then comes on and, you know, does a good job, hits the post. Um, and then eventually we go on to get the winner. Um, so the Union Berlin steam train keeps on going. Uh, they're looking fantastic. Leverkusen, um, oh, yeah, I mean, they, they look shot shy. They, all of a sudden they seem like they haven't got any goals in them. Um, so yeah, I, I, obviously, I think Leverkusen got a few big games coming up, so maybe that's something that they need to get their season back going because Leverkusen are going in the wrong direction and Union are just going up and up and up. Yeah, I mean, only two defeats all season as well, and there were two games you probably wouldn't have expected them to lose as well at home to Augsburg and away at Hertha. But I mean, in, against the big teams, they're just like gods, really, aren't they? And I mean, obviously, they, they go to Leipzig on Wednesday night. And I mean, I think they'll fancy getting something there, to be honest, at the moment. OK, so on to probably one of probably the most entertaining game that we didn't include in our uh, featured four. It was Wolfsburg to Leipzig. Too. I mean, this was just if you want to watch entertaining, free flowing football, this was the game. But at the same time, some of the defending was shocking as well, Rory. Yeah, I mean, certainly the um, the equaliser uh, for RB that um, Orban pokes home. Um, I, I don't know what's going through the minds of, of the two players. I think it's Brooks and someone else that leave the ball that's coming towards the keeper and they both just stand out of the way. I mean, and then the keeper, Castiles, obviously has to try and pour it out and then Orban is on the line to, to hammer it home. So... Less said about. I mean, some of sometimes Brooks comes out with some absolute worldies in terms of his concentration. I think um, is sometimes lacking. So yes, yeah, so not great defending mixed with two teams that know how to score goals. Um, it was a very entertaining game. It's probably unlucky not to have been in our featured four. Um, but yeah, it's that old one with RB dropping points, um, which they've been doing quite regularly now. Um, either team probably could have won it. RB pushed towards the end to maybe get a 3-2 win, which on the scale of things you wouldn't have argued against. They didn't play badly. Um, but yeah, obviously a draw for Wolfsburg isn't a disaster against a good team as well. So uh, entertaining game, but RB would be disappointed to have dropped points again. 
Yeah, I think another point was the fact that obviously Sabitzer got caught again. Like we've seen this a lot with Leipzig, them getting caught playing it out in that yeah. in, uh, from the back, and it's just it seems to be a big source of goals conceded, especially against better teams for uh, Leipzig. I mean, we do see this a lot. We've seen it over the years as well, and this time it was Sabitzer being caught, and then obviously. Um, uh, Stefan banging in. A, to be honest, it was a pretty lucky second goal, really, because it was a heavy deflection. You see that sometimes, don't you, where the deflection is just perfect, where it yeah. takes it past the keeper but still inside the post. You know, I think we've seen, I think we saw one with uh, Bayern a few weeks ago, but yeah, I mean that was a pretty lucky goal. But overall, I would say a draw was fair and an entertaining game there. Okay, yeah. So moving on again past that, I mean we had. Um, we had the Dortmund one, Mainz one, which I think uh, Greg mentioned just earlier. I mean, nobody could have predicted this, could you? But I think it just about sums up Dortmund's last couple of years, to be honest. It's like um, one step forward and two steps back, isn't it? And I mean, this was just, this is a horror result, really, for uh, for Dortmund. I mean, missing the penalty through Marco Royce, getting a pretty scrappy leveler through Thomas Meunier, who's not had a good season at all. What did you make of that one, Rory? Yeah, I mean, this will this was the shock result of the weekend for me. The the form that Dortmund had been on, they'd looked good in the last few weeks, and and we talked quite a lot about how poor minds had been. So to add, you know, two and two together, you come up with a comfortable Dortmund win at home. But anything, but I mean, it was a good game for one all actually. There were chances at both ends. Obviously, Haaland scored after about ninety seconds, but that got chucked off for offside in the build up. Mounier, um so that was maybe unfortunate, but uh, I think we have to take our hats off to the Mines, you know, the Mines goal scorer who, you know, who takes the ball out of defence, Oz Tenali, um, turns inside and then unleashes, <laughs> unleashes an absolute ping um, to, you know, put it top bins. Um, it was a fantastic strike. I'd maybe say, I mean, when I say top bins, it's obviously in the air and it's close to the top corner, but could Berkey have maybe done better? Am I being a bit harsh? Maybe, I don't know. Um, and then obviously Dortmund kind of piled on the pressure to eventually get an equaliser. Um, but yeah, a another bad day at the office really for Dortmund. It's just not clicking. Um, even with Haaland back in the team, um, yeah, it was a real surprise, 1-1. One -one. Um, less said about the result for Dortmund, the better. And a very, very useful point for Mainz, which I'm sure they wouldn't have predicted at the start of that. Yeah, and on top of that, I mean, it's uh, two minutes after the penalty miss. Danny Lazter, you probably remember his name from the big miss against Bayern, once again hit the post when it looked like he couldn't miss with yeah. about 10 minutes to go. Yeah, so, I mean, it could have been even better, couldn't it? But, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it proves that Mainz is still, there's still fire in the old tank. You know, I mean, a good performance at Bayern where they were unlucky a few weeks ago. And then a game where, again, I mean, it could have gone either way this game. Mainz played a part in an entertaining game and they probably had as many chances as Dortmund, really, throughout the match, I would say. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's just finish this, this show with two. To be honest, it were two of probably the worst games of the season as far as I'm concerned. So we won't dwell on them too much. A yeah. nil-nil draw between Cologne and Hertha and a nil-nil draw between Hoffenheim and Bielefeld. I mean, Rory, was there anything that really stuck out in those two games combined for you? Um, not overly. Um, four teams that are struggling. Um, the points are probably better for, I'd say, Arminia and Herter maybe. Um, Hoffenheim needed to win that realistically, I think. Um, 
and the fact that they've not been able to break down Armenia is quite worrying. Uh, Cologne are in free fall. I guess a point is, is is enough at the moment based on other results. But yeah, two games that you probably could predict it wouldn't have been great contests. So less said about it, the bear. I think the out of the four teams, the most happy will be Armenia um, to collect another point. So uh, yeah, good good news for them, mate. Basically, but yeah, not great games. <laughs> yeah, just one point I'd like to add. I've got to say that I think Matteo Guendouzi was really unlucky to be on the losing side. Though I think he's done. I didn't really rate him at Arsenal to be honest, but I think this little spell at Hertha for me, he's been by far Hertha's best player this season. I've been really impressed with him. Everything that Hertha have done well this season really has come through him, and probably Matteus Cunha as well. But yeah, I mean, he was unlucky. He hit the post and forced a good save from the Cologne keeper. But yeah, I couldn't agree. Like Hoffenheim, I mean, you've got to question how long are they going to keep Hernis really? Because it's just, it's just not working, is it really? And they are, they're definitely in a relegation dogfight now. There's no question about it. I mean, mm-hmm. not it's, the situation isn't desperate by any means yet, but they need a win very, very soon, unless they will be in that bottom three before long. Indeed. Okay, so. Yeah, so that pretty much uh, sums up our review for uh, week 16. So that brings us nicely onto we do have midweek fixtures as well this week. So let's go over to Petrie and Pundits Predict with Rory. Yeah, let's do it. Let's fire through nice and quickly as, again, we've uh, had to go through in, in detail the analysis. So, yeah, the midweek games for match day 17. So we start off with Mines hosting Wolfsburg on Tuesday night. I'm saying 3-1 to the away side. Mark, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I think I'll go 2-1 to uh, to Wolfsburg there. Okie doke. And then uh, we've also uh, got Schalke hosting uh, FC Cologne in obviously what we've described as a huge game. I think uh, Schalke will do the job. I'm saying 2-0, uh, so I hope Greg will be pleased with that. <laughs> yeah, I think they are on better form than Cologne. I'm going 1-0, but I think they will do it. Very good. Uh, and then we've got Freiburg hosting Frankfurt. That looks like a, a decent game. I think it'll be 2-1 Freiburg. Yeah, this is a really good one. 2 on form size. I've gone for a one all draw because I think both might be a little bit tired for this one. Yeah, and we've got... Oh, sorry, I've done this in slightly different order. Um, we've also got Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, they host uh, Werder Bremen, um, and that, I reckon, will be 2-1. Yeah, I've gone for a comfortable 2-0 to Gladbach. I think overall they're on a positive trajectory at the minute. Yeah, and then we have Leverkusen hosting Borussia Dortmund, uh, which I reckon will be 2-1 to Leverkusen. I reckon they can kickstart their season. Wow. Yeah, no, I've gone for a 3-1 to Dortmund. I just don't see anything in this Leverkusen side at the minute. I'm really worried about them, to be honest. Uh, and then Hertha Berlin host uh, Hoffenheim, which I think won't be a great contest, so I'm saying 1-1. Yeah, probably the two underachievers of this season, to be honest. The two sides that are doing worse than what was expected. But I've also gone one all there. And then RB Leipzig host Union Berlin. So I think that'll probably quite an entertaining game. So I'm saying 2 2. Yeah, I've gone one all. Very good. Uh, then Bielefeld host uh, the newcomers as well, Stuttgart. So I think Stuttgart will win 3 1 away from home. Yeah, I've gone for a 2-1 there for, for Stuttgart. Very good. And the last game will be FC Augsburg hosting Bayern Munich. Uh, and I think Bayern Munich will be able to come come away with a 3-1 uh, away win. 
Yeah, it's worth bearing in mind this is a derby. It's, they're very, very close to each other, these two towns. But I'm going to go for a 3-0 Munich win because I just don't... I think Augsburg are really going through a tough time at the minute, to be honest. Yeah, very good. So that brings a close to Petrie and Pundit's Predict. And what we'll do is very quickly, we'll just go over our hero and zero of the week. Um, so starting off with a hero... Um, as much as I hate to do it to Greg, because it obviously involves a player that has come to come back to well, they've haunted he's haunted Schalke on this occasion, coming off uh, coming on as a sub, uh, Luka Jovic back on loan at Frankfurt comes off the bench to score two goals to ensure that Frankfurt come away with three points is our hero of the week. Um, I think that's a great move uh, for him and and for Frankfurt. So. Let's uh, let's hope that that move goes well for him. And then, Mark, do you want to tell us who our zero was? Yeah, absolutely. There were no kind of real standouts this week. There were no like real horror shows, but I do think it was. Uh, yeah, it's got to be Marco Royce from Dortmund for that horrendous penalty. I mean, he's not even hit the target. It's just uh, for me, he's not at his best season in general, Marco Royce. I would say it's probably been his worst season that I can really remember as a Dortmund mm. player or even as a Gladbach player before that. And I think, yeah, he's been poor and this kind of summed up his season in some ways. Um, the missed penalty, which led to a poor one-all draw for Borussia Dortmund. It did indeed. So that brings a close our hero and zero. Of course, if you agree or disagree, please do drop a comment and say who you reckon was either your hero or your zero in the comment section. For that... We'll do us for this week. Um, again, our thanks to Greg for coming on, to, um, well, tonight whilst we're recording. Um, he was a great guest um, and fingers crossed that Schalke can do the business for him uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, as mentioned, please do drop Greg a follow on Twitter to follow all the trials and tribulations of the rest of Schalke's season. Um, so again, uh, thanks for watching. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the show in these tough times that we're presently going through. Uh, if you do enjoy the show, please do drop us a subscribe uh, with the big red button on YouTube and also do the same. If you're listening on a podcast, uh, leave a rating, leave a review, let us know how we're getting on. Uh, hopefully we'll be back very soon with some midweek action in the Bundesliga. And of course, there's lots more to come from us uh, this year. So very quickly, over to Mark uh, to finish off the show. Absolutely, yeah. So remember, guys, if you want to check out our Twitter feed, you can see at Over the Bar FB. We've got everything related to football, everything Bundesliga related. Also, we specialize on the League One show as well. So check that out and check out. We've actually had a really big piece as well. Uh, our chief editor, Paul McGarrigy, has published uh, an article about a really, really big breakthrough, actually, for the for the uh, writing side of our of our uh, OTB site. So, yeah, please check that out. It's Paul's really invested a lot of time. It's a fantastic read. And it's also kind of like breaking news as well in many ways. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's uh, a real cutting edge piece about CF Royce. I think that Paul will correct me on the Spanish pronunciation. Spanish isn't my best language, really. So, yeah, I think it's Royce or Roos, but check it out anyway. Okay, and also remember, check out our main site as well, otbfootball.net, where you can see everything football-related. So, yeah, so thanks for joining us again this week. It was a pleasure to see you. Uh, remember to keep commenting, and uh, thanks to Greg for joining us well, as well. I thought he was a fantastic guest today. So thank you and goodbye. Till next time.